We're building the best internet talk radio on the planet. TalkZone.com. Welcome back to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber. Our guest today, Connie Bennett, author of Sugar Shock. So you were talking about the different benefits you get from being off of sugar. Oh, yeah, they're um, absolutely tremendous. You know, you get more energy, you feel more focused, you know, you, you, your, your, your moods are, um, you know, I mean, it, it's just, <laughs> it's just, the list goes on and on and on. It's like you so I think for me, one of the biggest things was just getting more energy and being able to concentrate better and having that sort of nagging kind of blues go away as well. Yeah, on sugar, it seems like it's hard to get going sometimes. After a while, you know, you, you get sicker and sicker where it's harder to get going unless you get a pick-me-up, and then the pick-me-up lasts shorter, and then you get the depression or the fog brain right. or the energy drop. It's just a vicious cycle addiction, isn't it? It really is, and I think that most people just sort of don't realize that they don't feel well. I mean, they just sort of naturally gravitate toward, you know, coffee with some sugar or a donut or a muffin or whatever. Yeah. And they don't really think about, you know, that that they just lack, you know, kind of energy. And so I think for me now what, what I love is, you know, I have a consistent energy level throughout the day. I don't have those slumps that I used to have. Yeah, that's great. And I mean, I have to say, I don't think there's any way I could have written a book when I was, you know, hooked on sugar. No. <laughs> it's a big job. I couldn't sustain that level of concentration. <laughs> yeah. So, you mentioned in your book doing a diary about what you eat and how you feel before or after, and you know, you chart a diary like that and you begin to understand you got a problem oftentimes. Yeah, well, I think that one of the best ways for people to really begin to see or recognize that they do have a problem is to do what I call sugary soul searching. And where they, they do, they, they look and they see, okay, when are they, well, I'm a journalist, so I always have to answer, you know, for a story, who, what, when, where, why, how. Yeah. So as I was kicking sugar, it occurred to me, well, gee, you know, I could apply those principles to kicking sugar. So when is it I want to have these sweets? You know, why do I want them? Am I angry? Am I lonely? Am I tired? Am I, you know, frustrated? You know, who am I with? Mm -hmm. You know, you know. So answering all of those questions, and and you'll get a clear idea of you know whether or not you're actually hooked on sweets. And so keeping a diary at the same time could be quite helpful. Absolutely. Yes, you begin to see what's driving you underneath and what's going on, what what emotions are driving the car or, or what relationships are healthy or not healthy and causing you to go to these uh, alternative things like sugar. That's really good. So, yeah. so do, does sugar tend to pull the nutrients out of the body or interfere with the nutrients? Well, one researcher I actually interviewed for my book, Sugar Shock, said that even three teaspoons of sugar actually can throw your body out of balance. I, I believe it. Three little teaspoons. I mean, to me, that was quite astounding. It's basically poison. You said it. <laughs> <laughs> and so essentially, like, people think, oh, okay, I can have, you know, a bunch of sweets and all that, but I'll have my vitamins. Uh-uh, because, you know... The sugar robs your body of minerals and nutrients. 
I see. It, you write... And the other part of it is that our consumption has just, you know, skyrocketed. I know. In like 200 years. I mean, our bodies, you know, they haven't had time to adjust or adapt to that. Right. And so our bodies are just rebelling by having, you know, we're having all these physical ailments. We, we certainly are. Hey, um, you write that protein helps stabilize sugar in your body. Well, pro- protein can help stabilize your blood sugar levels. Yeah. Okay. So, um, in fact, it's funny that you mentioned protein because I, I, I give a, um, a course to people who are trying to kick sugar, and tonight one of the things we talked about was protein, <laughs> the benefits of protein. Because when you're consuming ample amounts of protein, it's actually one of the ways that you can that you can curb your carb cravings. It's it's absolutely astounding. So if, you know, on days that you're skimping on the protein, lo and behold, you might find that your carb cravings increase. Yep. I gotcha. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. Don't forget to catch us Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Our guest today, Connie Bennett, co-author of Sugar Shock, How Sweets and Simple Carbs Can Derail Your Life and How You Can Get Back on Track. So basically, sugar is like empty, destructive calories full of pounds for your body. <laughs> That's an interesting way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the phrase empty calories certainly applies to sugar, absolutely. Uh, do you get do you gain weight like two? You know, you know, we're not talking about like fruits and and just a reasonable balance, but. In our diets, we have so many hidden sugars we don't even know about, and I believe there's an association with uh, diseases, especially diabetes and uh, obesity, with all this extra sugar. Right, right. As I mentioned earlier, yeah, that you eat all these sweets and refined carbs, and you could develop all these diseases, you know, that are very scary, you know, type 2 diabetes, heart disease, cancer, Alzheimer's disease. You know, and, and it's just from eating too many sweets or refined carbs. Basically, what's happening is you're over-consuming these sweeteners and dessert foods and then these quickie carbs like the white rice and chips, and they're messing, they're wreaking havoc on your blood sugar levels, and then they're over-stimulating insulin release, and then that triggers inflammation, and then that can lead to all these health problems. Yeah. So are food labels our friends or foes? It's a good question. Um I think that there are foes in one respect because they can mislead you, and there are friends in another respect because if you know how to read them, you can pick the right foods. But I think people are being very, very duped by food labels, at least the average consumer is. So, and, go ahead. How do you get duped and how, how are they good and how are they bad? All right. Well, let me, let me just tell you a couple of common misconceptions. Okay. So, for instance, you see a, you see a box of, um, I don't know, cereal and it says sugar free. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So that means no sugar, right? Right. Wrong. Right. So, 
sugar-free foods actually can contain trace amounts of sugar, less than 0.5 grams per serving, according to the FDA. Okay. Okay, so that means basically you're getting about one-eighth or less of a teaspoon of sugar, maybe, I don't know, in that tomato sauce you're having. So, okay, if you're only consuming one serving, then you're not going to get that much sugar over, you know, over time. But think about it. Let's say you're having five or six different foods and you're eating, you know, more than one or two portion sizes or even a larger portion size. That adds up over time. Right. So you are getting a lot of sugar from these quote-unquote sugar-free foods. And while they say sugar-free, they might also then have, like, aspartame in there? I was just going to, yeah, yeah. So sugar-free also could mean you're, that you're getting some artificial sweeteners. And basically, um, I talked with a number of experts, and, and, and they were all saying that, you know, sugar-free, I mean, excuse me, artificially sweetened foods can be just as dangerous exactly. as, as sugar to your body. Exactly. In fact, aspartame works in such that it makes you keep, you know, they, people drink it because it's diet soda, but then that aspartame actually causes you to gain weight. You know, I didn't want to look into artificial sweeteners when I started working on my book, Sugar Shock. I figured, oh, I got enough, you know, to, enough to cover. Yeah. <laughs> but I had so many people asking me about artificial, artificially sweetened foods. I was like, okay, 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 I will look into it. Important. And what I basically found was for all the artificial sweeteners, you know, all these non-nutritive sweeteners on the market, mm-hmm. and that includes sucralose, which is Splenda, aspartame, which is equal or new to sweet, or saccharin, which is sweet and low, or sugar twin, and acid, sulfane, potassium, that all of them, there have been health concerns raised about them. Now, of course, you'll hear that they're all the most extensively tested on the market, but when I was talking to these experts, they were also basically saying that, you know, it's better to just stay away from all these unnatural, chemically produced, non-nutritive sugar substitutes. Does your does your body really know what to do with uh, denatured foods? <laughs> I don't think they do. I really don't think they do. It just puts so a... um, I just want to point out, for instance, uh, Splenda, uh, sucralose, it contains uh, chemically produced chlorine, mm-hmm. and that's carcinogenic. Aspartame actually converts to formaldehyde, yeah. which is an embalming food used to preserve the dead. Yum. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, there were, there were a lot of experts who, you know, who really caused some, raised some questions about our artificial sweeteners. Yeah. So, um, stevia. But, but one of the most interesting things, if, if, I, if I could share that, is that, one researcher I talked with was talking about what he noticed was a paradoxical in- increase in appetite among people who had artificially sweetened foods. So that basically people were consuming art- foods with artificial sweeteners and they were gaining weight. Yes. And there's been some really interesting research about that. Wow. And then a lot of people, you know, who I've talked with, you know, they got off artificial sweeteners and they lost weight. Exactly. I've yep. heard of that, too. Uh, yeah, I think it's going the wrong way. Yep. It's almost like it keeps you addicted and you keep, you're gaining weight, so you keep thinking you have to do more. It's almost like a built-in mechanism by the manufacturer to keep you hooked on their product. 
So we're eating machines for the food and the sugar. <laughs> Instead of living our full life, we're eating machines. That's our bigger purpose. <laughs> Say, um, what well, do you... I think that's an interesting way of putting it, but I think that when people become more mindful about what they put into their mouths, yeah. That, you know, they're not eating machines, as you put it. Yeah, we, we're hoping to get there, aren't we? Um, stevia, how, what's that rate? How does that rate health-wise and all that? Well, the first thing I need to point out is, is that it actually is not considered a sweetener, so the FDA just has not approved it as a sweetener. Great. Um, it's actually a leaf. It's in the uh, chrysanthemum family, and it's grown in parts of South America and Asia. <laughs> and it's over there. It's actually used as a tabletop sweetener and a flavor enhancer. Yeah. Um, but it's very, very sweet, and people who are proponents of of it, of what they call the stevia size, and that's the extracts of the stevia leaves, they say that um, you know it doesn't raise blood sugar levels. It has zero calories, but you cannot sell it in the U.S. as a sweetener. sweetener. You yep. can, however, buy it as a dietary supplement. Yep. So, so what you do with it is your decision, but it's not a sweetener. When, one time I found a uh, stevia plant, stevia plant, and I ate a leaf, and it tasted like I was eating a leaf of sugar. It was really, know, really um, good. I, when I was work when I was working my book Sugar Shock, I, I initially I was a big fan of using liquid stevia. Yeah. And then a researcher, or not a researcher, but somebody from one of the companies, sent me a chart showing me how the stevia was processed. And so I showed it to a, um, um, a scientist who said to me, "Well, Connie, that really looks very similar to what they do to sugar." Sugar, yeah, that's right. So then I stopped using that stevia, and I was like, well, darn. So then um, I actually attended a school at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, and one time we had a, a teacher come in, an expert. I, um, we had all these famous people come in, and he was talking about how you actually could just buy the stevia plant. So I got on the Internet, and I actually bought some stevia tea. Mm-hmm. And I bought the actual plant just ground up. And it was amazing. You can take a leaf and just drop it into tea, and it sweetens it. Mm-hmm. It was totally amazing to me. How and fun. It, and it, tastes very, it tastes much more natural. Yeah. yeah um, I, so I, that's what I started doing. I, I was thinking there was a big difference between white and brown stevia. Well, um... They have the liquid generally, and then they have the white powder. But I'm, I'm at this stage of the game, I'm more interested in the whole leaf. You know, I think that's the better way to go if you're going to use it. Okay, is there a way you can tell us where we can get that? Well, I got it on the Internet, but I think you also can get it at various health food stores. Okay, we don't have it on health food stores around here, so Internet, we I go. I got it very easily on the Internet. Yeah, it was very, very interesting. Yeah. Um, and it has like a clean taste to it too. Yeah, like a healthy, healthy, clean taste. And it's not <laughs> addictive. That's that's great. It's not addictive, right? Um, well, I found that some people were like that they felt that they just need to even stay away from that too. Mm-hmm. I see. I think it depends on the person. Right. I don't really use. Uh, I haven't used any in quite a while, actually. I think that people. Um, 
that there are other ways that you can find sweetness in foods that if you just begin to savor the natural taste of right. food, yeah. you know, whether right. it's sweet potatoes yep. or jicama or, you know, fennel, um, you know, you just begin to appreciate the real taste of, of foods and they it's taste really sweeter. True. Yeah, it's Your really taste buds really do change over time. Yep, that's right. They do. Okay, hang on. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. Don't forget to catch us Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Our guest today, Connie Bennett, author of Sugar Shock, How Sweets and Simple Carbs Can Derail Your Life and How You Can Get Back on Track. Her website is sugarshock.com and we have more to come after the break stay with us we'll be right back 